Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. And so in a few moments, we're going to end this morning the way we started with a little bit more worship. So I'm going to share for a few moments, but condense it some. But I also wanted to, I know David introduced his father, but Pastor Sheldon, would you, would you stand for just a moment? And, and a lot of you may not know him, but if you would welcome him for us. Um, <laughs> he gave me my first job here. Um, on staff, and actually, he married me and Pastor Pastor Diane right here in this building. He did such a good job; it, it, it stuck. It t- almost 29 years, it worked. So, I um, appreciate you being with us. And, and so, this morning, as I mentioned, I'm going to just jump into things and, and do a little more condensed sharing, and we're going to come back and and go out of here the same way that we came in. And I appreciate you being with us. I know we have a lot of people watching that are on vacation at the beach, and we we uh, are not happy for you. One bit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, we, we started a few weeks ago a series in the series we called AI. And AI, as you know, is, is, is computer robots created to do human tasks. And AI stands for artificial intelligence. And there is this massive debate right now with um, a global debate, I should say, about Um, the advancement and the usefulness of AI technology versus the fear that it's going to replace humans. So there's a a global debate right now, and and this series isn't really about that debate, but as I was thinking about AI and and, and all that's going on with AI, it just stuck out to me that AI stands for what? Artificial intelligence. Well, if there's artificial intelligence, how many know there has to be some accurate intelligence? And so we just decided, let's spend this month talking about accurate intelligence. And so I'm going to review real quick and then share with you a few things I want to share this morning. And so each week we've been giving you some artificial intel and then just sharing with you some spiritual intel. And so week one, we, we started talking about how there is there's a spiritual awareness that you and I should have. And... False intelligence or artificial intelligence would be this, when you and I are more focused on our shortcomings or more aware of our shortcomings than we are our salvation. In in other words, awareness means that you recognize that something is happening or there is something there. And so we, we, we share with you that we need to recognize more what God has done in us. It's not something else we have to get. We've got all of everything we need from God downloaded in our spirit man. And we just talked about we have to be more aware of our spirit man than we do things that are in the flesh, things that are in the world. So we talked about this need for spiritual intel as far as spiritual awareness goes. Then last week we said not only do we need awareness, we need alertness. Alert means that you perceive something and you respond quickly to it. And so really what that means, the the spiritual word will be this word discernment, that we need a discernment. And, and many times we're discerning more about the fear and the frustrations we have. And we're not discerning enough what's in us and what is for us. And so we've been trying to change the intel and give you some, some inside intel in, in this series. And so this morning, I wanna, next week, I want to finish this series and just talk about spirit, spiritual acuteness. And here's what that means. How many want to know how to stay on point spiritually in the, in the times that we're in? So we'll wrap up this series next week. But I want to talk this morning about spiritual atmosphere. Everybody say atmosphere. 
So if you look up the word atmosphere, it, it means this, the surrounding mood or the prevailing mood around you. Now, if you do a little bit more word search, you're going to find that it includes some words like this, uh, environment, the environment around you, the influences around you, the climate around you, the air. I like this, the scene around you or the aura around you. It actually uses another word, ambiance. Uh, many of you, if you are HDTV, you know, uh, watchers, you probably see them talk a lot about the ambiance of a room. It, it, it's a French word that means there are things arranged in a room to provide a certain mood or a certain vibe. And, uh, and so there's this word ambiance, and it, it has to do with what, what is the prevailing surrounding mood around you. My, my, my oldest daughter... Um, has her own salon, and, and just a, a couple months ago, she moved from where she was at into a, a better space and a bigger space of her own, and, and the room was just a bland brown and sort of yellow room, and so she's extremely creative, and so she started telling us, this is what I want the room to look like, this is how I want it to be, this is the ambiance, and so now it has glitter paint, it has disco balls hanging, it's a very creative in, in environment, and so um, she can hook you up with a haircut just like this. Um, you can see her afterwards. And so, but, but, but it has everything to do with you setting the atmosphere or you setting that, that, the, the, the uh, ambiance around you. And you have a say in your atmosphere. Now, I know there's atmospheres that we walk in and out of that maybe we don't have a say in. But your personal space, your personal spiritual atmosphere, you have a say in. And I want to challenge you with that just for a few moments. Can, can we uh, look at this scripture? This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and this is verse 1. And it's a, a verse that maybe you've, you've read several times, but I want to bring some light to it. So it says this, now about the gifts or the spiritual gifts or the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. So Paul's talking to us. He says, I don't want you to be, what, uninformed. Now, if you read on the verses after this, there's a lot of information about things like prophecy, things like word of knowledge. But in the original Greek, this word gift was not there. So in the original Greek, it would read a little bit more like this, about the spiritual, about the spiritual realm or about spiritual things, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be misinformed or I don't want you to be unaware. So there's this idea that Paul wrote to us that he wants you and I as believers, spirit-filled, faith-filled believers, to be aware of spiritual things. Even though we live in a fleshly world, a crazy world, God said, I want you to be more aware of the spiritual things. And so that's what Paul is saying in this verse to us, to be aware, to be alert regarding the spiritual realm, or I'm just going to use the word atmosphere. And I think that that, that's a challenge I want to give you as a church. Let's become more aware of the spiritual atmosphere, the spiritual atmospheres of our life. How, how many would agree with this statement? Maybe you've prayed this way or you, you, this would be a hunger. Maybe you didn't word it this way, but you, you would say something like this. I just want God to show up. I want God to show up in my life. I want God to show up in my church. I just want God to show up. And I know to different people, different backgrounds, that can mean lots of different things, but, but that's our prayer. I, I know and you know God's in our midst this morning. When we come together, worshiping like that, he, he's here. And I've always taught our staff, and you've probably heard me say this before, but the atmosphere of your life is your responsibility. You, you are not capable of manifesting God. But what you are very capable of is providing an atmosphere 
for God to manifest. And God's not in charge of the atmosphere, but God is in charge of the manifestation. So if we would understand that I'm responsible for this atmosphere thing, God's responsible for the manifestation. And I would say this to you, that God doesn't manifest equally everywhere. He doesn't. He is not obligated to manifest equally everywhere. I, I hate to say this, but I've been to some churches. I'm not sure God was even there. I've been to some other churches. God manifests in different ways, but he doesn't obligate himself to manifest equally in my life as he does your life or vice versa, but he does obligate himself to manifest where the right atmosphere is, where the right atmosphere is. And so let me give you some artificial intel real quick. These are three places or three atmospheres God, can, God cannot manifest in. He can never manifest where there's disbelief. Where there's disbelief, God doesn't manifest. That's why it's so important for you and I to have what? Revelation. We call it chasing revelation. We need revelation of God when the lights come on. We have a wow moment where faith begins. But if there is doubt, if there's disbelief, if there's misinformation, if there's faithlessness, we cannot expect God to manifest. Not only where there's disbelief, how about this, where there's dishonor. Do you know the Bible actually said this, that, that Jesus in his own hometown, he said this, I couldn't manifest and do much. Didn't say he wouldn't, it said he couldn't. So dishonor, and you say, well, what, what's dishonor? Well, it's when we allow things um, like strife and division and, 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 and uh, things of that nature to just treat the things of God lightly. And the other area is disunity, unforgiveness, bitterness, these things. These three, this is artificial intelligence to think that we can allow these things to stay in our lives and God can just show up. We can't allow these things in our church and just expect that God's going to show up and show off. He can't and he won't. That's artificial intelligence, that you can just be full of strife, bitterness, division. You can just treat the things God lightly, or you can be full of doubt and expect God to really show up and show off in your life. He can't do that. He, he, he won't do that. So I, I put this question down I want to throw out there, and I'm going to tell you what we should put in our atmosphere. That will guarantee God manifesting. But, but I wrote this question down this way. We all have to answer this ourselves. What is the prevailing atmosphere? Or what is the prevailing mood of your life? What's the prevailing atmosphere in your life? Not just here right now, because it, it's sort of easy with the worship that way and you all singing so good and, and looking so good this morning. But man, when you're out there on your own, when you're out there at the work week, would you just, what's the atmosphere? What's the prevailing mood of your life? Is it disunity? Is it disbelief? Is it dishonor? But I want to give you the good news is you can change the atmosphere. Um, if you go over on this side of the building, there's a thermostat there. Now, a thermometer tells you the temperature, but the thermostat does what? It sets the temperature. And I just want to, I want to encourage you with this. You, you, you have a say in the spiritual temperature of your life. Matter of fact, I should say it this way. You have a responsibility for the spiritual temperature of your life. And I, I want you to soak that in. Because there's a lot of stuff going on everywhere. There's a lot of challenges. There's just stuff. But you have a say in the spiritual atmosphere and temperature of your life, your home, your family. You, you, you have a say in that. And artificial intelligence would be this, that you don't have a say. Accurate intelligence would be that you do absolutely have a say. 
And we need to be aware of those things. Let me share with you, and I'll get to my points. We've got three real quick. I had a very strange situation happen yesterday. Um, I was at the store with my wife. We just had to grab a couple things. Y'all know how that goes? You ever just have, the, I'm going to need a couple things, so you grab the small buggy, and then you realize somehow your wife needs a lot of small things, and the buggy's over. So we're, we're, at, we're, we're, we're at, um, we were clubbing. We were clubbing yesterday that's Sam's Club. So we're, we're at Sam's Club, and we're just, we're hurrying. We're doing our thing. We got a few things. And we come around the corner, and, and a lady was there. had no idea who she was. Never seen her before. And she, she says something to my wife about um, the app. And my wife, and I, I'm, I don't know if you're like me, but when I'm in my groove, I'm like in and I'm out. I'm not here to talk. Anyone like that? How many of you are not like that? My wife starts responding in conversation. I'm thinking, okay, now we're, we're here. We're here. Anyway, so she has this question. And the lady was really sweet, and she just starts talking about her life. And first, I'm like, oh, okay, she's nice. They're talking. It's going back and forth, and she's just talking. And everything you can imagine, this lady's just sharing. And this lady's just, her, her cart's over there. She's over with us. She's talking. And all of a sudden, now I know it's going to creep some of you out, but all of a sudden, I, I start sweating. Like so much so, it's ready to drip off of me. And my insides are just hot as can be. And I'm, my first thought is, man, is it hot in here? And then my second thought is, what is wrong with me? Like, my wife's in that stage of hot flashes. I think she's been praying for me to have them, just to have sympathy. I don't know. But, I mean, I am on fire. And, but something inside me said, something's not right. That's what happened. And something said, this is, this is spiritual. Now, I'm not that guy that chases all those thoughts. But all of a sudden, I kind of calmed down and... The conversation goes on, and then so she asks what we did, and we're pastors, and then here it comes. She says, oh. She goes, well, I give healing. Then she says, and I give peace, and I'm going to give you peace. I'm like, well, well. But she told us all the stuff wrong in her life. I'm like, well, if you give healing, you just told us about all the sick people. And if you give peace, you told us about all your problems. First of all, that doesn't come from you. And so she reaches out, and she goes, I'm just going to touch you. Is that okay? And I said, no, it's not a right. I said it nice. I wasn't like, don't you touch. I was like, no, you want to touch me? Um, and she, I could tell she wasn't expecting me to do it because the Bible says don't let any man lay hands on you what? Suddenly like that. And, and so she keeps, she keeps trying to touch us. And I do this, you know, to give the like, don't touch me. And she reaches around and she touches the back of my wife's arm. And afterwards, my wife's like, as soon as she touched me, I broke out in this hot, Sweat flash thing. Now, I don't say that to be creepy. I'm just saying, guys, just, we need to know what's up. I, if I was just like, oh, touch me, give me some of that peace you got, give me some of that. But my atmosphere, and I wasn't rude about it, but my atmosphere is, I don't need you touching me with that. And it ended nice and sweet, but she kept trying to touch us. She kept trying to touch us. And um, I'm like, no, don't, don't be, didn't she? She kept trying, trying. So something was up. I don't know what that was all about. My point to that little crazy story was I'm responsible for my ambiance, for my, my atmosphere, and so are you. So let me share these three things with you. If you make sure that you put these three things in your atmosphere, I want to I tell you that you'll see God show up and you'll see God show, up, show off in your life, your church, your family. And the first is this, it's excellence. Excellence. And so I, I, I want to set the room for you. If you said, well, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create the ambiance or the, the 
the atmosphere of my life, here's what I'm saying. You need to be very intentional what you insert in your life, what you fix, what you position in your life. And the first is, is excellence. You say, well, what do you mean by excellence? Here's what I mean by excellence. That you bring things of character, obedience, bring things into order. If you look up the word excellence, you're going to find the root word excel, which means that if it's done for the Lord, you do your very best. And so we need to bring things into order in our lives. We need to bring things into position, into place in our lives. Excellence means to be outstanding. And you know what that means is in some areas of our life that maybe have become sloppy or a little chaotic or out of place, we need to become very intentional in our life to place these things. Whenever we begin to put a weekend we call this our experience, our weekend experience. Whenever we begin to put this together for the weekend, I'll take whatever God has on my heart. We, we talk with the band, we talk with our team, and we just say, first of all, how do we build this service around what God wants? And we always say, how do we end the service? We, we, we can't just pump you up and say, good luck, see you next week, but what needs to happen at the end? How do we need to feel when we leave, we leave? In other words, we're very intentional about putting things into place. And if we do that for our Sunday morning, can't we do that for our lives? Um, when we moved to this facility, we were very intentional because we had a little facility where we could never connect. So the environments here are very intentional that we can connect with, it, with each other. And you know, when I first came to this church, and I've shared this before, the pastor before me told me and my wife, he said, you, you can never have excellence in this demographic. He said, you'll never have excellence at this church. And I've told you this before, but something on the inside was like, if you say I can't, we're going to do it. But you know what people say all the time when they leave here? There's a spirit of excellence. What about our lives? Are they saying the same thing? There's a spirit of excellence on their life. There is, and, and I know we got to keep moving this morning, but that, can I meddle for just a millisecond? Um. I know our culture right now, and there are a lot of things contributing to this, but I know in the workplace, in customer service, the stories you go in and out of, there is a complete lack of excellence. Can I just say, um, can you set a different trend? Can you show up for work? Because you know what I hear from business owners all the time? I can't keep anybody. They won't show up for work. And guys, I don't know what's going on. And, but as believers, we should be full of excellence. We should be the best employees. Don't follow that trend. You set a different trend. Watch God promote you if you do that. I'm just saying I'm nitpicking on that. But excellence, a spirit of excellence. The Bible says when you do something for God, you do it with what? Excellence. Here's why excellence is so important. Because excellence attracts the manifestation of the favor of God in our lives. How many need the favor of God? How many desire the favor of God? You know what the favor of God is? God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. But when we put things in order and we live a life of excellence, it's like a magnet in our lives for the favor of God. God doesn't show up with the favor of God in sloppy situations. He, he trusts his favor in areas that are full of order, that are full of what? Um, um, character, that are full of integrity. He trusts. His favor there. So you want the favor of God to manifest in your life? I do. I need the favor of God. That means I bring, now excellence isn't perfection. Those are different things. We'll never be perfect. But excellence, that's the first thing that we need to intentionally set in the rooms of our life is excellence. Here's number two. It's expectancy. 
that we take expectancy and we set the environment, the ambiance, the room, and the atmosphere of our lives, if we're going to be intentional and say, you know what, I'm going to have excellence in my life, do we also have to set the table with expectancy? You say, well, what's expectancy? It's just a fancy word for faith. Excellence is the same thing as faith. Matter of fact, faith is, is, is an expectancy that God will do what God says he will do, and God will be who he says he will be. And, and you and I are responsible to have expectancy in our environment. It's an attitude. It's, it, it's a spiritual attitude in our lives. And so you say, well, how do I get expectancy? How do I get faith? Well, the Bible is very clear that faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing and hearing the words of what? Jesus. It doesn't say reading them. It actually says hearing them. I mean, you, hear, you need to hear some messages that pump up your faith. You need to hear yourself declaring faith. I always say this. The Bible said that God can do above and beyond what we ask, think, or imagine. Many times in our lives, we're, 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 we have an expectancy here. And if you have an expectancy here, God manifests here. But if you have an expectancy here, God can manifest here. There needs to be an expectancy. On our, and the only way our expectancy increases or the only way our, 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 expect, our, our expectancy um, uh, grows is we got to keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing what God's saying. There's a lot of fake news out there, right? A lot of stuff going on. We got to keep hearing truth. We got to keep hearing accuracy. We got to keep hearing and hearing. And if you do, you do what the Bible says. It's a spirit of faith that comes on you. And what is a spirit of faith? A spirit of faith is that I hear and I agree. So when you hear the word of God, don't just hear me. No, you hear and you agree. Be like, Amen. I agree. If God said it. I believe it. If God echoed it, I'm in alignment with it. And then you take, I hear and I agree, so I agree and I decree. When you say what God says, that's accurate intelligence. When, when you look at whatever report is wherever else and you repeat it, it might be fake news, but when you repeat what God says, you're right every time. Even if your situation is challenging you, your situation is coming against you, when you say what God says about it, you, 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 are, you are taking an expectancy. See, we're real good about something. We're real good about reading or hearing or seeing something and saying, well, this is what I think. Or, or we're saying, well, things are bad because Facebook said it. Or things are bad because CNN said it. Instead of saying things are good, things are increasing, things are changing because God said so. So we hear, we agree, we agree, we decree, and we decree and do. When, when you act on faith, it creates the uh, works of faith. So expectancy. Here's why expectancy is so important, because expectancy attracts a manifestation of the promises of God. If excellence attracts favor, faith or expectancy attracts the promises of God. Say, so what are the promises of God? It's every promise that's in the Bible. And the Bible says it this way. If it's in the Bible and God said it, it's all what? Yes and amen. If God said yes to it, put your amen on it. I'm talking about your atmosphere. You're, you're responsible for your atmosphere. So this is my challenge this week for you in, in these areas. You, you can do this. I have 100% belief in you that you can go and begin to do what? I can begin... To, to put excellence in my, it may, it may take some decision, a few changes. It may take a few alterations. And I need to begin to, to insert ex, an expectancy or a faith into my atmosphere. 
instead of discouragement, instead of being down and out about things, insert some faith. Well, I don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. You're just saying what God said until things what? Alter, until things change. Right, you can do that. Okay, remember back in the day when you were in school and whoever you were dating, they broke up with you and, and so you, you pulled the blind shut and you put on country music and you just wallowed in your misery? <laughs> you were just enjoying your sorrow. You were enjoying your break. No one loves me. I'm going to just find. So what we do, it, uh, maybe it wasn't country music, whatever it was, we're trying to find a song or a person that will sort of line up with our misery. Instead of getting ourselves out of our misery and lining ourselves up with truth and an expectancy. You want a word? Here's a word. Open the blinds, put on Mav City, and turn off the country music, whatever it is. I'm not against country music. I'm just saying, we, your atmosphere, you have a say-so. You have a say-so. Here's the last thing. You ready for this this morning? So not only do we need excellence, expectancy, but we need to put this other thing in our atmosphere, and I'll just, I'm just going to call it this morning enthusiasm. Everybody say enthusiasm. So what I'm saying is you're setting your room. You're, you're establishing the atmosphere, and you're saying, you know what, centerpiece, the ambiance of my life is going to be a spirit of excellence. The ambiance of my life is going to include an expectancy, and the ambiance of my life is going to be an enthusiasm. Now, I'm not talking about enthusiasm where you, you it's, it's the it's dependent on how good your day is going, how good your hair is looking, or how good you're feeling about things. I'm talking about an enthusiasm. Actually, the word enthusiasm means this. It means it's entheos, which means God in. It means to be stirred by God on the inside. It, needs to be in, it means to be influenced by God on the inside. And I just want to say this to you, that God loves it when we celebrate him. God loves it when we adore him. What I mean by enthusiasm is, in the context of this morning, we have guests here leading us in worship, is you need to intentionally insert praise and worship into your, into your atmosphere. Intentionally. Or you can choose to say, you can choose to stay frustrated, discouraged, down, out. You can choose to stay there. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going I'm to quit being critical, I'm going to quit being down and out, and I'm going to start to praise. Praise will break the spirit of criticalness. Praise will break the spirit of opposition, oppression over your life. It will, it will break that. I, I love the verse in Psalms that says this. It says, God inhabits the celebration or the adoration or the praise of what? His people. He inhabits it. You know what that means? He sits down, makes himself at home. Think about it this way. If you, if you can open the curtains, open the drapes, put on the praise and worship, get it out of your mouth, let it come out of you, guess what it will do? God will sit down in your room. Now think about the room you've just designed. Well, I, I, I actually, I, I, I arranged some things. There's a spirit of excellence. In that spirit of excellence, you know what? I, I, I had to get some doubt out. I had to get some disbelief out. I, and, and I set up some expectancy. And now I got to get some criticalness. I got to get some oppression out. I got, and I got to make room for what? Celebration. I got to make room for some adoration. I want to I read this to you the way I wrote this down because it, it sounded really, really cool when I wrote it down. So you need to amen it when I read it, okay? So here, here's what. Praise and worship 
is the unreserved expression of our gratitude for what God has done. It's the unreserved expression of us saying, I am so grateful for what God's done. That's why it's hard to praise with hands in your pockets. Because I got to do this. Thank you, God. Thank you. Anyone grateful? I mean, maybe like, I I don't really like where I'm at right now, but you got to be grateful that you're not where you were. I mean, you're not finished yet. Anyone grateful for that? Anyone grateful God didn't give up on you? Anyone grateful that God is for you? He's not against you? So it's the unreserved expression of our gratitude for what God's done. It's our honor for who he is, and it's our faith for what we anticipate. That's what our praise and worship is. That's what our celebration is. That's what our enthusiasm. And here's why enthusiasm is so important. So important. If excellence is important because... It attracts the manifestation of the favor of God. Expectancy is so important because it attracts the promises of God. Here's why our enthusiasm is so, so important. Because it attracts the manifestation of the presence of God. And I just want to say this to you. When the presence of God shows up, Something has to give. Something has to shift. Something has to change. Bodies have to get healed. Lives have to get liberated. Addictions have to break. Oppression has to lift. Depression has to be deleted. And that happens in the presence of God. And so many times we're like, well, you know, if they play a song I like, come on, come on, let's just say, it doesn't matter if I like it, I know it, my, my, but pray. Praise and worship, that's my responsibility. The Bible said he created a a, a people that would praise him. He created a people that would worship him. He created a people. That's our responsibility. That's our responsibility. I have worshiped when I was pumped up and everything was going good. And there are times I had to choose to worship when I didn't know what was going on or nothing was working right. Because worship is not about me. Worship has always been, will always be absolutely about him. That's why I can't do it with my hands in my pocket, because it's not about me. It's not about me. Can, can, I, can I just say this to you, that praise is just celebrating who God is. Adoration is worship, and it's just staring at the goodness of God. But, but I want to end all this. Did y'all get something good this morning? Um, I, I, I want to I end this with this scripture this morning. Can we stand to our feet? Because we're going to go back into a time of praise and worship. And, I, and, and I, I told the team and I told David and Elena, I said, I want to end this morning the same way we came in. I wanted to walk up here and say, your atmosphere is your responsibility. Y'all got that? Y'all got that? It, it should, it, if something challenges it, if it's a bad day, if things aren't going good, you just need to say, you know what? It might be coming at me, just not going to let it in me. I, I'm in charge of my atmosphere. And I know we need to go home and probably rearrange some things and get some excellence in in, in the middle. And we need to begin to get expectancy increased. But we also got to make sure our enthusiasm, our celebration, our adoration. I'm talking about being stirred by God on the inside. If you let him, he'll stir you. If you are unstirred, you know what that means? That that means you have just, you're not thinking right. Right? You haven't let God change some stinking thinking or you, you, you haven't got some revelation yet. But if you allow, God will stir you on the inside. And then when you get stirred on the inside, there might be some stuff on the outside that hasn't changed yet. But you're confident that it's just a matter of time because what's happening on the inside will begin to happen on the outside. 
Let me read you a scripture. I, I believe this is how we're supposed to end this morning. This is Psalm chapter 9, verse 1. This needs to be our declaration. I, everyone say I. I, I will worship you, Yahweh, with extended hands as my whole heart erupts with praise. I'm going to tell everyone everywhere about your wonderful works. With extended hands, let everything in me erupt with praise.